The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. And I'm bound to keep on riding. I got one more silver dollar. But I'm not gonna let them catch me, no. Not gonna let them catch the midnight rider. Yeah! Sports Radio 101. Stupid microphone. What is going on? We made it to Friday. That's right. It's the end of the week, but it is not the end of the winning streak as it gets to nine games. Nine. The Knicks are unbelievable. I can't stop. I can't stop. 877-337-6666. McMonica with you for our five-hour midnight ride all the way to the warm-up show. Jack's still getting yelled at by Fleegs for another night. Connor's still hanging out. And all of us have caught Nick Fever. Fleegs again in the in the swag. I love it. This team. All I just I I'm I don't even know what to say anymore. What do you say about this group? As we found out a couple of things earlier in the day before this nine-game winning streak continued against the Indiana Pacers, you found out that both Randall and Brunson are all-stars. The first all-star appearance ever for Jalen Brunson, who was robbed of it last year. And if not for some voting, would have been a starter this year. And you feel good for him. And at the end of the game, you could tell it meant something to him. It was a goal for him. And it feels good for him to accomplish it. And he is so much more than just an all-star. He is the absolute unquestioned leader of this team. And it I feel good for him. And we'll get to the Randall uh, update on the injury, too. I told you how worried I was. And I'll be totally honest with you, a lot of people seem to feel better about the injury news, I'm not so sure. But that's for a secondary conversation because you know what? They don't need Randall right now, as crazy as that sounds. They don't need OG Ananobi, and they don't need they don't need Grimes, believe it or not. How would they ever win without Grimes, you thought? And honestly, I honestly thought, again, don't be me, and not that I would ever pick against them or bet against them or necessarily felt terrible about the game, but eventually this is going to end, right? They can't just keep winning forever. Halliburton come, you know, is going to play in the game for the Pacers. It's just hard to continue to win when you're undermanned, when, you, when you're losing these, when you don't have these guys in the lineup, and yet still this team does whatever it takes to win. And for me, that's the takeaway. The takeaway is what this team can do to make sure they secure a victory. They're down 15 points early in the game. They battle back to make it close at the half. They're down, like I said, 15 at one point in the first half. They're down 10 in the third quarter. And however they have to do it. The other night, the other night, it's shooting three-pointers. The other night, it's DiVincenzo hitting a million threes, nine three-pointers most of his career. They're shooting well. They're scoring points. That's how they win. Tonight, they're ice cold. They shot 21% from the three-point line. 21%. In today's NBA, how the hell with your with two of your three best players going up against a very good Indiana Pacers team that got Holliburton back, that scores points, they're one of the highest-scoring teams in the NBA. 
This is not a team under 500. Now, it's not a devastating team, but it's not a team under 500. This is a good basketball team, a well-coached basketball team. And they shot 21% from three-point line. That is a game typically in the NBA when you're down Randall, you're down OG. You don't win that game. And yet, what do they do? How do they compensate? They absolutely attack the boards. And they get 60 rebounds. I know it's a lot of missed shots, but 60 rebounds. And out-rebound the Pacers 60-44. to And 24-9 in the offensive rebounds. And they... Kill them with second chances. And, of course, Brunson, you know, another 40-point game for him. When they need him, he steps up. And to me, the the, the key to this game, and if you want to look at it, yes, the down 15 and they battle back at the half. Yeah, they're down 10 points in the third quarter back and forth before they pull ahead. But for the moment for me is clearly when they fall behind after the no-call foul, when Brunson gets hit in the face and he's down on the ground, you know, in, in clear pain. You thought he got more poked in the eye than just absolutely you know, smashed in the face. But he just falls to the ground, no call. Indiana picks up the ball, lays it in, and takes a one-point lead. And you're like, if there was ever a moment, right? If there was ever a moment, not necessarily to fold, because you believe this team is beyond folding necessarily. Like, this team right now is beyond just giving up. And 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 Brunson talked about it in the post-game show, They in the post-game on the court. You know, they fight. They will continue to fight. So I didn't necessarily think they would fold. But if there's ever a moment where now Randall's hitting the, where, uh, excuse me, Brunson's hitting the face, he falls to the ground, they give up the lead that they had a five-point lead late in that game, two minutes left. If there's ever a moment where you thought, geez, here comes the end. Instead, instead, Brunson goes right to the lane, gets an N1. They miss the three, the foul shot. They get a rebound, end up scoring a basket, and go on an 8-0 and run to take control of the game yet again. This team is incredible. I don't know what else to say. I'm running out of superlatives. This is the third night in the week that I'm opening with the Knicks and pretty much just doing, can you believe what we're seeing? This is another hype. Can you believe what we're watching? Nick open. And it's the third one of the week. What is going on with this group right now? It's amazing. And we can talk about all the trades. And we can talk about whether, you know, Randall's going to be gone for six to eight weeks or maybe even more than that. I don't think the news is double particularly that positive. They're going to reevaluate him in two weeks. They don't want to, to me, they don't, it took a while for to even get that. If it was just, hey, we're going to reevaluate in two weeks, why didn't we hear that three days ago? Like, I'm concerned that he is probably hurt worse than they're leading on, especially no, don't want to give out any information leading up to the trade deadline. And it's, oh, we'll reevaluate in two weeks. My guess is he's going to be gone for a while. But right now, with the way they're playing, and it doesn't matter, you got guys, you know, Isaiah Hartenstein steps up, gets 19 rebounds. Achua plays 43 minutes, is a plus seven, gets 16 rebounds. He has been a godsend. I mean, you can watch Hart. Hart at times in this game is without question the driving force of the Knicks. He's 0 for 6 from the field. And he's one of the most important players on the court. They have everything you could possibly want. They have have Brunson who can go get points. They have DiVincenzo who can shoot the lights out on occasion and then still even on an off night come through with the big basket when you need it. You got Hart who's hustle and rebounds and passing and the occasional three-pointer. You got Hartenstein who can get you 19 rebounds and defend the rim. 
You got a Chua who could step in, and you feel better now about trying to fix this the front court. Like you got a Chua is able to step in. You hopefully Randall and Mitchell Robinson are coming back at some point. But right now it's just. And then, you know, Sim steps in, gives you a good 13 minutes. McBride plays 29 minutes, uh, you know, goes three for eight. The only guy who had a decent night from behind the arc. And he gives you 16. They're down men. They only play three guys off their bench the entire night. And yet they come from behind 15 points. They come from behind 10 points. They come from behind a point with two minutes left with with Brunson, you know, rolling in pain on the floor, and he comes right back and takes one to the lane and gets the foul. I mean, everything you could want from this team, everything you could possibly want, they will find a way to win. They will find a way to win 60 rebounds. Now, did they get the benefit of Halliburton kind of being on a a minutes uh, regiment and not playing down the stretch? Okay, Sometimes you catch the break. Sometimes you get lucky. They are making their own breaks. How many games do they have to win? How many boxes do they have to check? And and here's the thing. Like, when you talk about rebounds and you talk about defense, which is clearly what won them the game tonight, those are two things that the Knicks ru- rule the world in, and that is want to and hustle. That's, I mean, it's desire and hustle. And this team is completely bought in. Uh, Thibodeau, who's who's coach of the year, uh, coach of the month, excuse me, and he's coach of the year, or I mean, technically there's only one month in a year, so he's the coach of the year. But the coach of January is doing an incredible job for all the things we said about Tibbs, right? And all the different, uh, you know, working the guys too hard. And there's still an element of that. And the idea that there's a ceiling to the way he plays basketball, he's not the kind of coach that get he gets you here, he doesn't get you any further. These are the kind of things we've all said about Thibodeau. But right now, right now, This team has completely embodied his brand of basketball. The 1990s Pat Riley brand of basketball. The late 90s Knicks basketball. Van Gundy basketball. They are playing tough. They are playing excellent defense. And every single person who needs to step up, steps up. And if they need 30 points from DiVincenzo, they get it. If they need 40 from Brunson, they get it. If they need 60 rebounds and 24 offensive rebounds to lead to second-chance points on a night they're not shooting the basketball well, they will get it. Whatever they need, they will get. And at no point in the game do you feel like they're out of it. When they get leads, they hold on to them. When they have deficits, they come back. I mean, there is not an aspect of this team right now, not an aspect, that you can get. I mean, it is impossible to find a flaw in this nine-game winning streak and this now, what, 18-2 and run that they're on since the start of the year? Or 16-2, and I don't know, whatever it is. I mean, it's just... It's been incredible. And again, a third night in a row with no OG. You add Grimes to the list. And tonight was an easy night, especially down 15 early, down 10 in the third quarter, and then down a point with two minutes left with your best player rolling on the ground in pain. And instead, every time they get off the deck and they give you exactly what they need to give you, and Achua, Hartenstein, Hart, DiVincenzo, McBride. I mean, it doesn't matter who has to step up. They step up. 
Uh, it's it's really been remarkable. It's one of the more fun stretches of Nick basketball I can ever remember. It's on a nightly basis. It's on a nightly basis. And you feel good for, obviously, Brunson on the court after the game, getting MVP chance from the Garden crowd, talking about being an all-star for the first time in his career, and he's practically brought to tears. And this team has completely rallied around him. And they've completely rallied around this trade and the way it feels now and Randall. And when he comes back, I mean, they are bought in. And it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter who has to step up. And on a night that we see, again, the 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 Boston Celtics lose to the LeBronless and the Davisless Los Angeles Lakers. And the Knicks find themselves five games out behind the Celtics for first place and a half a game, a half a game behind Milwaukee. And as you found out that Philadelphia and Embiid are dealing with a knee injury, that could be, I don't think it's a devastating knee injury, but it'd probably be some time. I mean, you are looking currently at the best team in the NBA, and you are certainly looking at the best team in the Eastern Conference. And so we can have our discussions about whether or not they're good enough or what they should do at the deadline. And as much as I love this team, I wouldn't mess with the starting. I don't I don't want to go out and get that superstar right now. I don't want to mess with this, ro- this rotation. I don't want to mess with the chemistry that's going on with this team. I do think you can go find a better person for the role that McBride is playing right now. I like him. He's done a remarkable job over the last few games in particular. I think there have been times where it wasn't so good, but he's turned it on, especially with Randall and OG going out. He's been better the last three games with those two guys you know, unavailable to go. But ultimately, I do think they can get someone who's a little bit better scorer off the bench and help replace quickly. But, I mean, besides that, it's just a matter of being healthy when they get to the finish line because the way they're playing and the way they're coached and every they are completely buying in. Sick. I, I can't get over the rebounds. You know, Indiana's a long team. Indiana has bigs. Indiana is a bigger team than the New York Knicks, and yet they out-rebounded them 60-44 to and 24-9 to on the offensive rebounds. And if you heard Tibbs in the postgame, the, off- the, the rebounding was an issue in the start of the game and the reason they fell behind. Giving too many second-chance points to Indiana, and, you know, and ultimately, not only do they change that, they dominate in it when they realize that's their issue. Like Tibbs, Tibbs points it out at the post game, so I'm sure he pointed it out to them during the game. Hey guys, the boards are a problem. No problem, coach. We'll go get you sixty of them. Right, that's where we are right now with this Nick team, and I don't care who they're taking on. I don't care, and I don't care who's next. Bring on the Lakers. Bring on LeBron. I'm sure him and Davis would be perfectly fine to play at the Garden. Won't miss that game. Bring them on because right now they are led by an all-star. They are led by one of the best players in the NBA. And they are being led by the best player and the best leader they've had since the mid-90s. And this team is as fun as it's ever been. And once you get past that it's the best Nick team in a while, And once you get past the idea that it's the most fun we've had in 30 years, 
and you get past the idea of finally in January and February and hopefully March and April, we're going to have a basketball season that feels special. Once you get past and that's and that this city hasn't had that in forever. Once you get past all that and you actually look at who they are and how they're being judged right now against their peers and what they are inside this current NBA and inside this current Eastern Conference uh you know t- uh that we as we know it this Eastern Conference side of the uh, NBA they are as good as anyone and they are on a roll the likes of which it is hard to fathom and it doesn't matter who goes down and it doesn't matter what aspect of their game is not as effective as it uh, typically is they will find ways to figure out another set of their game that they will rise to make up for it. It is an absolute glorious time to be a Nick fan. And hopefully the injury news on Brunson, uh, excuse me, on Randall is better than I hope. I'm I'm concerned. I'll tell you right now, I'm concerned when they tell you two weeks. That it, if it was just two weeks and we're going to reevaluate it, that's something that could have been said on Monday, not Thursday. So I'm still a little bit of a pessimist on that. But, I mean, it's a nightly basis. They come back from 15. They're down at the half. They rally back. They need DiVincenzo, they need DiVincenzo to hit nine points to win nine three-pointers to win a game. They'll do that. He's off and nobody's shooting well, and they need 60 rebounds and 19 from Hartenstein and 16 from Achua and 24 offensive rebounds that lead to uh, an absorbent amount of second-chance points. They'll get that. Whatever they need, they will get. They need 40 from Brunson. That's no problem. And right now, as you look ahead and the deadline's a week away, I don't think they I don't think they're in the market for anything too big. And honestly, the way a Chew is playing, even if even if even if Randall's gonna be out a while, I don't know if I look to mess with the front court. Like a Chew is playing great, and you are expecting Randall and um Mitchell to come back, to Mitchell Robinson to come back. I'm I'm I still want to go out and get a piece that's a little bit better scoring off the bench. But that's it. That's it. And right now we can it's it's I understand it's what I do. Talk radio is what we do here. But we can have the talk radio argument of whether or not they're good enough to win an NBA title. Can they compete? Here's the here's the point of the matter. They've won nine in a row. And they're they're playing like the best team in the NBA. So that's a fun discussion, but all that will matter is how they perform when it comes time. Will 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 Randall be back long enough to get his legs underneath him to be ready for a playoff series? And will this team still have the chemistry and the feel it has right now? Because honestly, I don't care who you put on the court right now. You'd be a fool to bet against the Knicks. 877-337-6666. So a little bit more Knicks. Rah, rah, rah. Because this is as good as it gets. And another game they come from behind. Another game they had every reason to give up and just say, hey, it's not our night. And another night they battled back and found ways to win. And another night that they're all-star. We can officially say it. They're all-star. Jalen Brunson put up 40 points. And after rolling on the floor in pain, rallied his team to an 8-0 run to seal this victory. And it feels freaking tremendous. 877-337-6666. Of course, there's other things that we have to get to as well that aren't so tremendous, like the New York Yankees and their inability to get the damn guy I wanted. As Burns goes to the Orioles, we'll have plenty to say about that. Looks like the Mets are closing in on a reliever. 
And I think Washington uh, commanders made an uninspiring hire. So we got plenty of stuff to get to over the five hours. Oh, and we may even do your favorite actor. And I have a theme and a thought on it. So we'll have some fun with some movies. We'll have some fun with some New York Knicks basketball. And I'll yell about the Yankees. So we got plenty to get to over the next four hours or so. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you on our five-hour midnight ride. All the way to the warm-up show. On this Friday morning, getting you set for our first weekend without football. But that's okay. We got our Knicks to carry us. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. I still, I, 60 rebounds. Hardenstein got 19 rebounds. I mean, that's how you win. You're not having a good shooting night, that's how you win. Otherwise, you don't win. You don't win in the end. You don't win in today's NBA shooting 20% from the three-point line. You do not win that game. You just don't. I mean, you do not win in today's game shooting 20%. Going eight for 38. They went eight for 38 from behind the arc. Eight for 38. And did DiVincenzo and McBride hit seven. Achua 0 for 3. He probably shouldn't be taking threes. Uh, Brunson 1 for 6. Hart 0 for 3. DiVincenzo 4 for 16. Flynn 0 for 2. And McBride 3 for 8. They shot 21%. But if you get 60 rebounds to their 44, and you get 24 re- offensive rebounds to their 9, you can make up for it. And if you can get Brunson to the foul line 11 times, and if you can, you know, figure out a way to get him 40, and you play good defense that limits a team that typically scores a lot of points to 105. Yeah, I know. Halliburton didn't play the last, what, eight minutes, something like that. He played 22 minutes in the game. And he looked like there was a stretch there where he, was, he looked like he was about to take over the game. So they caught a break with, you know, still having a a hampered Halliburton. Hampered Halliburton. Say that five times fast. But, I mean, that's just an incredible win. Off an eight-game winning streak, down 15 in the first half, down 10 in the third quarter, and down a point with two minutes left in the game, and your superstar writhing in pain on the floor. And every single time they get off the deck, every single time, and I have to admit, I'm, I'm pissed off they took out Halliburton for the game. I missed the parlay. I had a, a same-game parlay. I talk about, you know, I'll talk about betting from time to time, but I had a, a single-game parlay because they give you, a, you know, odds boosts, or I think it was a free bet. You know, if you miss it, they give you, a, 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 you know, if you're up to 10 bucks, you'll get a free $10 bet next week or something. I don't know. So I had the, I had the Knicks money line, and I had... DiVincenzo over over 19 and a half and Halliburton over 15 and a half. 
And obviously they won the game. DiVincenzo got 20 exactly to give me the win. And Halliburton had 15 to give me the loss with half a point. Killer, man. Killer. 877-337-6666. We'll open with the Knicks. Let's take your Knicks calls. I will get to the Yankees. And I will get to Burns because I'm not, I'm really not happy about it. There may be some yelling. You guys think I'm all just a Yankee and Brian Cashman, uh, Apollo, uh, you know, just uh, nothing apologist. I say nothing but great things about Brian Cashman. Stay tuned. 877-337-6666. AJ in Port Jefferson. What's up, AJ? C-Mac, how you doing, bro? Thanks Good, buddy. How are you? Doing well, man. Uh, on my way back to uh, Eastern Long Island after a long trek home from a great Knicks game. Oh, you're at the Garden um, tonight. I was at the Garden tonight, and listen, I know, you know, we love to live in the moment with these teams, but I'm, I swear to you, I was at the last time the Garden was rocking, 2013, against the Celtics in the playoffs. I'm not kidding. I know it's a February regular season game. Yeah. It's starting to sound like no, you starting can... to sound like early 2000s, 90s, Knicks, crazy Garden type of feel. You could tell the Garden was loud tonight. You could tell. You you could tell. It was, and, uh, and, and you preface it great in your open – I was going to say the same thing when I was on hold. Uh, three games and four nights, banged up. They had every right to say, "Listen, we're a little tired tonight. We, you know, we're sluggish. Yep. Just mail it in when they're down double digits. Yep. Coming up to halftime. Yep. And this team just refuses, man. There's a certain. I hate the word culture and DNA. Yeah. There's a certain culture that this team has. It can be overused, really, uh, but yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, you just you're, they're down 15 in the first half. Opportunity to say, "Not our night." Then they 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 come back make it you know what what was the halftime score it was a couple points they got within a few points and then it balloons back up to ten in the third quarter easy to say goodnight then they're down then then they're you know Brunson's rolling on the floor in pain they they give back the lead they're down a point with two minutes left and not that you know you give up a, a point down but to immediately come right back down the floor get an n one rebound off a foul shot and a basket. And then go on an eight and run. I mean, the team is just—they have a killer instinct in them. They do, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And the only thing you know, I leave saying is the the schedule coming up. They have a long home stretch coming up. A lot of winnable games. I'm just hoping they can, you know, um, weather this storm with Randall out, and hopefully get OG back. And I don't know about you, but I'd love to go, like you said, another score. I think Malcolm Brogdon would fit in great with this kind of team. Yeah, and you know, hopefully they separate themselves and. Put themselves in a position to be a two seed and get everyone healthy for April, bro. So uh, let's That's go next and next to take my call. No, no problem. And you're right. They've got um, they got four more games at home against the Lakers, the Grizzly, uh, the Mavericks, and then again um, Indiana, which is a weird schedule in court to have a five a six game homestand and play the same team twice in it, um, and not back to back. But um, Took, they had a six-game homestand, took care of the Jazz, have taken care of the Pacers. They got the Lakers, the Grizzly, Dallas, and the Pacers again. Then they go on the road at Houston, at Orlando on the on the 14th on Valentine's Day, and then they're at the All-Star break. And that's just about the time we'll start to we'll get the reevaluation of Julius Randle, and we'll see what it is. But I'm, I'm you know, I, I heard a lot of people like, uh, you know, I was listening to the update. Uh, I was in the car. I actually went to go see my son plays basketball, you know, for the whatever, you know, for the town, pretty much. I don't know. 
He's six years old. I don't even know if you can call it basketball. But they invited um, the kids to tonight's high school game. So I went to go see Warwick uh, versus... Oh, man. It's going to bother me now that I can't think of it. Monticello. So we went to the, I went to the high school basketball game. And by the way, I don't know if just I'm old now. And I know I like to brag about being Athlete of the Year of Cary High School 2001, which... Is actually is a hundred percent accurate. I was athlete of the year. I was MVP of the base uh, the the football team. I was captain of the basketball and baseball team. Um, I just felt like I needed to say that. I'm not sure why, but I did. But watching that basketball game today, man, we would have gotten run out of the gym. Kids today are just bigger, stronger, faster. They were nonstop. I was very impressed. I was very impressed. Anyway. So I was I was in the car driving home from there, and I heard the update, and it's like, good news, only two weeks for Julius Randle. I'm like, I don't know if that's accurate. It's not two weeks. He'll be reassessed in two to three weeks. That means they're going to look at it again. That's what it means. It doesn't mean he's back in two to three weeks. It means he's going to rehab or do whatever for two and a half weeks, and then they're going to look at it again. And I'm concerned that that didn't come out right away. Like if the plan is just give it a few weeks, why didn't that come out earlier? Like I'm 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 pessimistic about the Julius Randle injury. I don't know if it's going to be surgery. I don't know if he's done for the year or anything like that. But I heard Evan on that same drive home uh, reference that he thinks that you could see the Mets and Yankees play meaningful games before you could see Julius Randle, which would really be about as pessimistic as you can get right at the end of the season. But I think that's close. I bet you they're closer to that than two weeks. I think it's going to be a while. But right now, it doesn't matter. Nothing can stop these Knicks. Nothing. 1237 877 337 6666. Steve in Stanford. What's up, Steve? Hey, Chris. How you doing? Good. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. I, I'm probably older than most of your listeners. I don't think you're sure. I talk, I talk about the Beatles and Lord of the Rings. There's a chance. Uh, there's there's a chance you're right in my wheelhouse. Well, I'm probably a little older than you, but that being said, yeah, I've been a Knicks fan over 50 years already. I used to go to Nick games at the old Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. on 49th and 50th. And around, I think it was around 1969, I graduated high school, and the Knicks had two players at that time. They were stumbling and bumbling team at that time. And they had two players, a, a guard by the name of Howard Comas, mm-hmm. if you recall the name, Don't and know. a center by the name of Walt Bellamy. Okay. Nick made a trade at that time, and I believe that, if memory serves, the general manager of the Knicks at that time, I think, was Eddie Donovan. I'm not sure. They made a trade to the Detroit Pistons, and guess who they got? Dave the Busher. Right. When they when they got Dave the Busher, everything changed. Then they drafted Reed. Well, Reed was already there. They drafted uh, Frazier. Yep. They got Monroe. They had the makings of the championship team, which obviously we know happened two two years in a row or two. Once it happened in six seventy seventy one, and I think in uh, I think it was seventy two seventy three. I'm not sure of the dates. Mm-hmm. But two championships, 
changed the whole complexion of that team by having a player like the Busher with them. Mm-hmm. Everything was it was okay for a while. Then they, as you know, they traded Razor later in his career and so on. Yeah, but you're making the point that Brunson is the Busher. To me, Brunson is the second coming of Dave the Busher. I I believe that he has taken the team heights that I haven't seen as a fan in years. Yeah. Even when they, even when um, Patrick Ewing had his good years, I mean, they lost twice to Elijah one in the nineties. Um, they had some really good players along the way, but they never could put the team together psychologically to get where they are now. They had well, a great I mean, coach. I, I think that's a little, I mean, I don't want to, it's, it, I, I hear what you're saying, Steve. They're, they're on one hell of a run. That 90s team was in the playoffs every single year. That 90s team was playing in the Eastern Conference Finals a lot. I mean, this team's yet to get there. It's it's February 1st or February 2nd now. Like, let's let's not say that it's the best Nick team since the championship teams of of the early 70s. I think that's a, I think that's a little premature. Like, see, this is what I, it's, it's, I don't want to get on our last caller there because he's a good guy and I get his point. But like then, you know, I'm I'm really high right now on the Knicks. I'm pumped. I don't, I don't want to have to tell you, oh, cool your horses. Like, let's not get crazy. Let's not let's not call them the greatest basketball team of all time. Or you know, I mean, they're the Patrick Ewing Knicks. Yes, they never won a, cha- a championship. They got to Game 7 of the NBA Finals. This team's on a nine-game winning streak, like, in February. Like, let's let's just take it for what it is, which is still pretty damn good. Now, let's not say this team right now is better than any Patrick Ewing-led team because that's a little premature. It's a little premature. But I'm as enthusiastic about them as I have been s- since then. Like, I, I never thought the... Carmelo Knicks, no matter how many, no matter how many games they won in 2013 or whatever year it was, like I never felt this good about them ever, ever. So that's fair, and maybe Brunson is the busher. That that's that might be a fair comparison. We'll see. But right now they're as good as anybody, and he is an absolute stud. That's it's. Uh, you want to talk about? I mean, it's one of the great free agent signings in the history of the city. Like right now, that's how that's how game changing he's been. This is one of the better free agent signings in the history of the city. Like it's hard to come up with a lot of them that are better than this. Just straight up free agent signings, it's tough. Mark in California, what's up, Mark? What's going on? So yeah, so to call him the best ever is a little premature. Here's here's where I've been on every single metric for the New York Knicks, and I study I study metrics because I'm an analytics guy. I went to college for it, so I'm very very good at this. I'm stuff. sorry, you're not allowed to curse on the radio. You can't say oh, an- I'm not you can't say analytics. It's it's a dirty oh, word. Oh, all right, right. Every, sorry, every, everybody hates it, so just be careful with oh, that. Man. Be it, careful it, with it, that word. It, I, and so to me, right. The 94 Rockets, I went back the last 30 years. Okay. For them. Okay. And the Knicks Heat. The Knicks are 22-1 and one against teams with losing records, 9-16 and 16 against teams that are 500 and better. I th- wait, 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 wait one, was, one more time. I thought the I thought they were undefeated against teams under 500. No, they're 22-1 they're and one against teams 
with losing records, okay. and nine and sixteen against teams that are five hundred or better. Right. Right. The gap between those two winning percentages is fifty nine point seven, which, if the season ended today, would be the largest for any team dating back to ninety three nine eighty four. 83-84, because that's the start of the 16-team playoffs, right? Okay. So teams that have dominated, you know, inferior competition but struggled against better opponents don't tend to advance far in the playoffs. That's just the fact, right? Okay. And I went back and stepped further. Out of the 100 teams since 83 and 84 with the largest differential between their records against good and bad, only two have reached the conference finals. And only two have won the title, the 94-95 Rockets and the 05-06 Heat. Right, So to me, what I'm looking at with this Knicks team is when you're watching them, they are the best fast-break team I've ever seen, like in a long time. Like they are so good at that. Kibbs is so good at that, just having his team fast-break. I mean, they're, they're the best in the league at it. And then their defensive ratings, but the Knicks have had this defensive rating the last couple of years under Tibbs, right? Mm-hmm. Last year, their defense was incredible at the end of the season. Uh, Josh Hart, to me, doesn't do enough, but he does enough to where, you know, he had a triple-double the other night. Like, he yeah. just does enough. And the Knicks are doing just enough, especially considering OG has missed some time. You know, Randall's going to He's missed the, the last three games. They've, they've both missed right. the last three so, games, and they've still won them all. Do I think they could beat the Lakers with LeBron and AD? No, I don't. I think that's where it could come to a halt. Now, if they didn't play tonight, and look, they ended up beating Boston tonight, right? So Without him. So if you told me, do you think the, the Lakers without LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis could beat the Celtics? You no, would say they, no they, so. they definitely can beat them. I think the Knicks can stretch it to 10, but if they play, yeah. if LeBron plays, I still think they can beat them. But if Davis well, of course. and LeBron play, it's going to be tough. The Lakers right now are 500. Right, and if they were to lose, listen, I mean, they're not going to win forever, right? No, so, and, and nobody lose, would, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, it would it's, be. It's been an impressive run. I, yeah, but I think, I think you got to understand that this team's been changed since the, uh, since January 1st in the Ananobi trade, so uh, it's not I like. something. So, I mean, you got to look at the record against good teams since then, and it's been better. I've been floating out this idea for the last couple of months now, dating back to last season when they lost to Miami. I said, listen, if Miami keeps losing, could the Knicks make a trade for Jimmy Butler? Could yeah, it could it I mean listen I, I doubt it. I mean what, yeah. what would you I mean what you would you have to give up and you have to give up pieces of the team right now? Well I mean obviously Quentin Grimes and Fournier Eric firing conduct. Yeah. Uh, Grimes would be gone even if they were to make a trade for anybody, Grimes is the number one piece that would be gone. Yeah, obviously. probably. Yeah, but I, I'm just. But right. like, I mean, how many picks? And then are they going to want? You know, but you, you'd be a player like up, Adenobi. Would you give or... up right now? Would you give up two or three first round picks for Jimmy Butler? <sighs> right. I mean, I guess I would, but I, I mean, I mean, I guess but I would, but I don't, I don't think that's plausible. Miami's not going anywhere, and Miami's already proven they can get into the playoffs at whatever seed and go on a run. Because Jimmy Butler becomes a different player come postseason time. I just don't think it's plausible. And I'm right now I'm just not even I mean, those are such hypotheticals and I don't want to get into them because it's it's really fruitless. And I just don't think it's it's I don't think it's on the Knicks radar. I don't think that's a positive plausible trade. And so like for me, I'm not even considering like I'm not looking for that kind of trade. I'm looking for a Brogdon, I'm looking for Jordan Clarkson. You know, I'm looking for that kind of guy off the bench 
score me some points, run that second unit, replace quickly on some level. That's what I'm looking for. Anything else than that's kind of like pie in the sky that I'm not focused on at the moment. Next year in the in the offseason, I'm open to things. Like I was watching SMY as I typically do before the show. And, you know, they were talking about the idea of LeBron coming to the Knicks. And while I wouldn't do it now, if there's a way to figure that out in the offseason and not have to give up OG Randall or Brunson and just give up picks, uh, you know, uh, would I be willing to do that? Yeah. I'd still be willing to I, – I, I'm open to certain things – to change the the for the the feeling of this team in the offseason and have a brand new team next year. I don't know if I want to bring LeBron to this team right now. Uh Robert in Manhattan. What's up, Robert? Hey C Mac. What's up, buddy? How are you? How are you? I hope you <laughs> I see you're enjoying yourself. Why not? Your, Why your not? Team Should is I... on a roll. Yeah. Well, you're on Listen, if I had your enthusiasm, I could fly to London on my next trip to the UK without a plane. That's... So thank you. There you go. I wish I can I do that? No, well, is that I, pl- I mean, because if I can fly to London, I would. Well, I mean, your enthusiasm is is is, is uh, deafening. And well, how how could it? How infectious. can you not be? How can you not have enthusiasm? No, 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 no. About I agree team, with right? you. Yeah. I agree with you. Can you tell me when uh, your team plays my team, which unfortunately or inexplicably lost tonight to the <clears throat> to the Lakers? I'm yeah. shaking my head and scratching my chin. On the other hand, I guess you know. I guess you know every good team or super team loses occasionally. Do you know when we when you play the Celts? Um somebody could, said a lot not till late February. I could look it up right I'm looking at the schedule right now. They play February twenty fourth. Where? Uh New York. Oh New York. <laughs> that should be an interesting night. It should All right, be. let me ask you let me ask you a question right now. Yes. Who's a better team? Boston or New York? Currently at the moment uh, the Knicks are playing better basketball, but I but the the Boston Celtics are the best team in the East. They they, right, des- there, they deserve or, that. All right. Other than the Celtics, can you actually tell me are the Knicks really better than? Well, okay. Let's let's put it this way. I'll give you three. Indiana, Philadelphia, uh, and Milwaukee. You, are they better than all three? Um. Again, I mean, right now the way they're playing, they're mm-hmm. playing better than all three. Mm-hmm. And especially if Embiid, if Embiid's yeah, banged that's up, then, interesting. then yeah. certainly yes, over Philadelphia. Well, um, I mean, I think they, I think they could win a series against all three, but I don't, I, I can't. It's hard to say they're better than Milwaukee. I mean, it's, it's, it's still of, it's a hot stretch. I, I, I do think they would have a chance in that series, especially with Doc Rivers taking over as the head coach. <laughs> but uh, they're certainly, I think they're better than Indiana. Uh, I think if Embiid is banged up at all, I think they could. You, you definitely can make the argument they're better than Philadelphia, and I'll, I won't tell you they're better than Milwaukee, but I think they can beat Milwaukee. All right, one one last question. Yeah, are they better than any team out west? Are they better than any team out west? Are they better than Denver? Are they better no. than Phoenix? Are they been okay? No, no, no. I just want to know your. Well, listen. again, I said. I mean, when if I said the best team in the NBA, I meant like right now. They're right playing. Now. They're the hottest team in the yeah. NBA yeah. right now. Like they just beat the Denver Nuggets by thirty That's points. By, by seven, yeah, yeah you're I mean right. by thirty you're points. 30 so points. does that right. does that mean if they got into a seven game series, I expect them to win every game by twenty five? No, I think they uh, probably lose that series. the The best player in the NBA is on the Denver Nuggets. So by the uh, way, I, yeah, yeah. By the way, I can hardly wait to hear your. <laughs> 
Now, you're enthusiastic about the Knicks, but I can hardly wait to hear what you're going to say about about uh, the, the, the Yanks. Yeah, I'm not happy about the Yankees. Don't mention the Yankees. There's time for that. Right now, we're still trying to be happy about the Knicks. I chose to go with positive. Thankfully, the Knicks did come back. If, if, if they did fade off and just lose the game, I would have opened with the Yankees. Or if they had a ho-hum victory by 20 points, I would have opened with the Yankees. But thankfully, they battled, battled back from down 15 and down 10 and down one with two minutes left and won a game they, they honestly had no business winning shooting the way they shot. But they find a way. So they, they gave me an hour and not having to yell about the Yankees. And again, you know, we'll get to it. But I, it's not that I'm, like, furious with the Yankees. I just don't get it, man. I don't get what just happened. What just happened? Like, and I should have known too, because as, Flegel, as Flegelman reminded me, I was a hundred. I've been a hundred percent right on this thing. I literally, in back to back nights, like force, I, I foreshadowed exactly what was going to happen on back to back nights or back to back mornings. And yet, still, I'm just like in the wake of it. I'm like, when did these dirty bastards just sneak in and make a deal that I don't think it's like. For Burns, that's what you got? Where the hell was Cashman? I, very frustrating. Philip in Jamaica, but we'll get to it. Phil, what's up, man? Hello, thanks uh, for taking my call. Oh, thank you for talking. making it, Phil. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about uh, the Knicks, and I want to make a point. Um, I don't think enough people are bringing this up. Sure. Three, three of the players, um, uh, Brunson, um, Hart, and Dimensi, Steven Genzo. They went to Villanova. Yeah, well, here's with, the thing. With, uh, with Dave Wright. So they have that system built in, and I don't think enough people are putting that. That's a key. Yeah, I mean, that, that's where I'll disagree with you, though. I mean, I, I, I do think it's been said enough. Like, I, I, it's like, to me, it's like, are you, are you, you know, there's it's been said a lot. Oh, no, it, I know it's been said a yeah. lot, but... Uh, I think it's very important. Yeah, I mean, did you know Todd? Power. Did you know Todd Frazier grew up in New Jersey? He's from Tom's River. Did you ever hear that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like that's been said almost as much as that uh, the Knicks are full of Villanova guys, and I think it is. A, but if your point is it's important, and you know, I was thinking about this. I heard someone say it. I don't want to make it. Uh, I want to be fair when I come up with these things. It wasn't completely my 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 complete thought but i heard i forget where i heard it i don't know if it was on here or somewhere else a podcast something but you would think with maybe the end maybe nba teams would look at this and start to try to not necessarily go out of their way or but all things being equal maybe put together some guys who did play together in college not necessarily just you know nova and jay Wright, but like if you have a couple of if you have a couple of guys who are on the same team from i don't know say kansas and then there's like you're looking for a third guy who fits and all things being equal, you know, there's another guy from Kansas who played on that team. Maybe there is something to be said for that kind of connection because you are seeing, you are seeing, you know, that kind of be a, a piece of this. I yeah. do think the Nova or the college relationship that all these guys have has played a role in this. There's no doubt. Yeah. And that's my point. The point is Jay, Jay Wright was the coach with Villanova. And I don't. I think more people should give right. He was a great coach for Villanova. Of course, to give him the credit. Well, and, I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't think it's fair to you know make it seem like he's the coach of the team or he deserves that much credit. He was the coach at Villanova, so he, he you know 
he gets the same credit he gets that everyone gets for that any coach gets for creating on some level a great college basketball, a great NBA star that he was coached well in college. I mean, these guys will coach well, no doubt about it. Jay Wright was a great head coach. I've been lucky enough to meet Jay Wright a couple times. He was very you know good friends with Mike Francesa, and he would come to a lot of the events we did. Jay Wright's an excellent head coach. And I, I always thought he would, you know, make the jump to the NBA. I don't know if he has any intentions of doing that. But it's 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 more of that it's not so much Jay Wright because the NBA game's different. They're not running the same offense. It's more of just those guys all played together. And they know each other's tendencies and they know how each other think. They went through tournaments together. They 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 you know they grew up together quite literally. So there is a value to that that I think maybe some NBA teams, teams could, you know, look at and wonder if that's something to consider when, you know, building a team or, or making decisions or, you know, having, you know, 50, you know ha- making a decision between multiple players on who to bring in. If one guy, you know, played with your superstar in college, maybe that's something because you are seeing. I do think there's something to it. And not to say Jay Wright had nothing to do with it, but it's more about just the camaraderie and knowing each other that necessarily, you know, Jay Wright is somehow the architect behind the Knicks' victories. I think that's a bit much. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. Continue to take your Nick calls. We will get to the Yankees at some point. And again, oh, let me say it now. I'll tease it here at the end of the hour. Uh, the last couple days and the last couple shows that I've done these five-hour midnight rides, we've had a little fun with some uh, actors. And coming up with our favorite movies from certain actors. We did Kurt Russell for whatever reason. Some guy called, uh, hit me up on Twitter with Kurt Russell. I came up with Gene Hackman because it was his birthday. Today is Groundhog's Day. It's February 2nd. We're going to find out if Punks of Tony Phil sees a shadow. Or we're going to have uh, an early spring. So on honor of Groundhog's Day, one of my favorite movies with the great Bill Murray. So let's do Bill Murray. What are some of your favorite Bill Murray movies? Plenty of them. Groundhog's Day is one of mine. So to celebrate Groundhog's Day, let's talk a little Bill Murray as we get through the next four hours or so. 877-337-6666. You can also hit me up on Twitter at WFAN, especially with your movie stuff. That's a way to just quickly get your opinion on the air. And we'll have some fun because that's what the Knicks are right now. And then we'll you know yell a little bit because that's what the Yankees deserve right now. They'll be laughing. They'll be crying. 